We as fight fans often lament and commiserate over the bouts that never were. The Randys versus Fedors, the GSPs versus Andersons, Joe Rogan versus a spilled bag of ice. But those were fights that were never scheduled. Tickets weren't sold. Posters weren't made. I would argue that while losing hypothetical dream matches stings, having actual tangible big time bouts ripped from us is far more painful. And so today we're going to take a look at 10 great matchups that were announced, given concrete dates, and hyped only to completely fall apart before they could actually go down. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point and hot off the press, Jocko Fuel is back and back with a banger. All Jocko Fuel supplements are now available for subscription purchase. So using the exclusive code MMAOnPoint20, not only are you getting 20% off your subscription at OriginMain.com slash Jocko-Fuel, you're getting free lifetime shipping with no need to reorder once you're subscribed. Anyways, more on that later. For now, though, these are 10 awesome fights that were officially booked and then never happened. Number 10, Johnny Hendricks versus Tyron Woodley. It's really a shame that we never got the Johnny Hendricks versus Tyron Woodley fight that was scheduled for UFC 192, because after it, their paths would diverge so much, it would become an impossibility. Hendricks was working his way back to the title picture, Woodley right on the cusp of it. Johnny lost a controversial close decision for the welterweight strap to George St. Pierre at UFC 167. When GSP vacated, Hendricks was granted another shot, this time against Robbie Lawler, and would win, only to lose the belt in the rematch. Rebounding with a victory over Matt Brown, a W in the Woodley fight would mean a third title opportunity. Tyron had won four of his last five and was considered to be the next in line should he defeat the former champion at UFC 192. The pair had an interesting history, Johnny denying T. Wood a Big 12 Conference wrestling title on his way to becoming national champion in 2005, a controversial match where Woodley may or may not have bit Hendricks, who may or may not have been attempting to fishhook him. Things were on track for 192 up until the day before the fight when Johnny would be rushed to the hospital, suffering from kidney issues and a blockage in his intestine related to his weight cut. The fight was scrapped and Woodley would eventually be awarded a title opportunity, leading to his five-fight championship reign. Johnny's career would spiral as the weight-cutting issues mounted. He would lose five of his next six before retiring. Number 9. Anthony Pettis vs. TJ Grant a truly unfortunate turn of events in this entry that denied a fighter who was just starting to put it together at the highest level of the UFC's lightweight division. After making his 155-pound debut in 2011, TJ Grant would go on a five-fight tear with three finishes, earning a fight of the night and a knockout of the night along the way. After TKOing recent top contender Gray Maynard at UFC 160 in a title eliminator, Grant was set to take on champion Benson Henderson at UFC 164. A month before the event, however, TJ would suffer a concussion while training jiu-jitsu of all things and be forced out of the bout. His replacement would be Anthony Pettis, who was on a three-fight win streak. Showtime would capture the title and, for his first defense, be paired up with Grant to headline UFC on Fox 9. It was only fair. TJ had been surging. It was a freak accident that caused him to miss his title opportunity. Everything was great, except for the date. The concussion was really bad, and Grant didn't want to return to action until January. This fight was scheduled for December. TJ reluctantly went along with things until it was apparent the pace of his recovery was not going to line up with UFC on Fox 9, leaving him no option but to pull out of the bout. Two years after his last fight at UFC 160, Grant would quietly retire from the sport, citing the growing debt caused by his MMA career. Number 8. Robert Whitaker vs. Luke Rockhold 
An awesome middleweight title fight between Robert Whittaker and Luke Rockhold was set to take place at UFC 221, but getting there was some kind of journey. It all started with late replacement Michael Bisbean shockingly dethroning then-champion Rockhold at UFC 199. The promotion next decided to capitalize on the upset and place Bisbean in a rematch with rival Dan Henderson in London, even though he was ranked 11th. Then, out of nowhere, welterweight GOAT George St. Pierre returned to MMA after four years and wanted to fight the count. Weird flex, but okay, so now that fight was happening. The problem is it didn't actually take place for over a year. In fact, it was off and on several times. With the massive logjam this whole situation created, Robert Whitaker was crowned interim champion after defeating Yoel Romero at UFC 213. Bisping confronted Whitaker after the fight to hype up a unification bout, which never happened because he was injured, and the St. Pierre fight was apparently back on. George and Michael finally fought at UFC 217. St. Pierre won and then almost immediately vacated due to colitis. Whitaker was then upgraded to undisputed champ. Time is a flat circle. We're back to Luke Rockhold, planned to be Bobby Knuckles' first title defense at UFC 221. Except he wasn't. The middleweight balance would not be restored. Whitaker was forced out due to a bad staff infection and replaced with Romero, an interim title thrown in there because fuck it, why not? Rockhold would lose. Whitaker would fight Yoel a second time. Over a year later, Bobby would drop the strap to interim champion Israel Adesanya at UFC 243, and Luke would go up to light heavyweight to get KO'd by Jan Blachowicz, who would go on to be champion and eventually defeat Adesanya at 205 pounds. MMA is weird. Number 7. Nate Diaz vs. Dustin Poirier Following a pair of record-setting fights with Conor McGregor in 2016, Nate Diaz took his disclosed $2.5 million and did whatever it is that Nate Diaz does when he's not competing in the octagon. After two long years away, fans were absolutely stoked when it was announced at the UFC's 25th anniversary press conference that Stockton's very own would finally be returning against fellow badass scrapper Dustin Poirier at UFC 230 in Madison Square Garden. Oh my god, what a fight. Nate and Dustin were the stars of the presser. That was until the end when it was revealed that McGregor was also returning in a title fight with Habib Nurmagomedov at UFC 229. All the wind had been taken from Diaz's sails. In fact, he would leave the press conference as the hype package played for the Conor bout and tell reporters outside the venue the fight might not happen now. While officially announced, Dustin told Ariel Hawani a few days after the presser the bout agreements had not yet been signed. Over the next two months, speculation over the fight's status would remain, with at one point both fighters claiming, or rather hoping, the bout would be for a newly minted 165-pound title. A month before the card, however, it was announced that Poirier had pulled out due to a hip injury and Diaz would sit for another 10 months. What a disaster. A year after the fiasco, Dustin would claim on social media that because the Diaz-UFC negotiations were going so poorly, he decided it was likely the fight would fall through and addressed a nagging injury. With Diaz now dormant yet again, who knows if and when he'll ever fight, but I don't think Dustin would be first on the list at this point. Number 6. Chris Weidman vs. Luke Rockhold 2 While UFC 194 will always be remembered for Connor's 13-second KO of Jose Aldo, the fight of the night on a card that sold 1.2 million buys was between Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold for the middleweight title. Weidman was the unbeaten phenom who had dethroned Anderson Silva on his fourth title defense. Rockhold, the guy everybody thought was going to burn through the division. He came into the fight 15-2, his only UFC hiccup in his debut against TRT Tour. The bloody and exciting back and forth would see a critical error on the part of the champion, a failed wheel kick that resulted in being nearly finished in the third and then ultimately defeated in the fourth. Seeing as this was Weidman's first ever loss and the fight was fantastic, the UFC was going to run it back and scheduled a rematch for UFC 199 six months later. But 18 days before the fight, the Chris would be forced out of the bout with a herniated disc, and so Luke would fight late notice Michael Bisping, the catalyst for all the havoc in the Whitaker Rockhold entry. Both fighters would really struggle after this moment, and while it's not impossible that we could get the rematch between these two, it would certainly not be any anywhere near as important as it once could have been. 
Number 5. Junior Dos Santos vs. Brock Lesnar it's hard to imagine the reclusive Brock Lesnar agreeing to do a season of The Ultimate Fighter when there are so many deer he hasn't killed with his bare hands in the barren winter wastelands of remote Canada. But the megastar had lost his heavyweight title to Cain Velasquez at UFC 121, and so the promotion decided to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, as Brock would say, and use him to get those sweet ratings for their 13th season of Tough. The other coach would be 12-1 knockout artist and nicest person ever, Junior Dos Santos. The winner of their bout following the season at UFC 131 would earn the next heavyweight title shot, but in the final episode of the season, Lesnar revealed that he again had been struck with diverticulitis, a GI tract condition that kept the Beast Incarnate sidelined for a whole year during his championship reign. This time, Brock would require a foot of his intestines removed. And so yeah, he was going to need some time to recover. Shane Carwin would replace Brock in the main event and lost badly to Dos Santos via unanimous decision, granting Junior the headlining spot on the first ever Fox card where he would snatch the title from Velasquez. Lesnar would return after another year away in a losing effort against Alice Overeem before retiring but for UFC 200. Brock's always been white hot and JDS was peaking. Who knows how it would have gone down, but it's a damn shame we didn't get to see Lesnar against another of the best of his era. Number 4. Cain Velasquez vs. Fabricio Verdum 2 it's one of the great what-ifs in the history of mixed martial arts. What would have happened had Cain Velasquez defended his title against Fabricio Verdum at UFC 188 at sea level instead of a mile and a half up? Cardio Cain noticeably gassed due to his late arrival in high-elevation Mexico City, ultimately leading to a submission loss in the third round. At the time, Velasquez was being considered by many the greatest heavyweight champion in the history of the division prior to the shocking upset loss. Naturally, fans were interested in a rematch at a different venue not so close to space. And following both fighters defeating Travis Brown, Verdum after dropping the strap to Steve Miocic, we would finally have the two scheduled to run it back, set for UFC 207 in 2,000-foot-high Las Vegas, Nevada. Not exactly sea level, but hey, close enough. The fight would fall apart the week of the card, though. In a bizarre series of events, the Nevada State Athletic Commission determined Velasquez was unfit to compete. Following an ESPN interview where he complained of severe back pain throughout his camp, a physical examination by the commission revealed bone spurs in Kane's back. The fight would be scrapped, and Velasquez wouldn't see the cage again for another two years. He would lose to Francis Ngannou in 26 seconds and retired a few months later. The rematch forever out of our reach. Number 3. John Jones vs. Dan Henderson we didn't just lose a scheduled fight on this entry, we lost a whole damn card. Following a truly remarkable run of wins that saw Dan Henderson capture the Strikeforce Light Heavyweight title, TKO Fedor Emelianenko, and then defeat Shogun Hua in one of the greatest fights of all time at UFC 139, the 42-year-old was scheduled for a shot at champion John Jones to headline UFC 151. Hendo's resurgence had fans feeling nostalgic and hoping he could somehow dethrone JBJ. Nine days before the card, though, all hell broke loose. Dan had been secretly attempting to recover from an MCL injury that had happened three weeks earlier, but finally caved and pulled out, leaving the UFC scrambling to find a replacement. Everyone turned the bout down except for Chael Sonnen. However, when Jones refused to accept the late replacement, the UFC canceled the event, the first time in their history, as the rest of the card was too weak for pay-per-view. JBJ was thrown under the bus at the press conference announcing the cancellation, as the extent to which Henderson had kept his injury secret wasn't fully known at the time. From this bizarre incident, title defenses against middleweights Vitor Belfort and Chael Sonnen would eventually play out, but Henderson would never get his championship bout with Jones. The two would have a grappling match at Submission Underground four years later, however, JBJ won via arm triangle. Number 2. Rafael Dos Anjos vs. Conor McGregor 
The seeds for this next lost matchup were sown famously at the UFC Go Big Tentpole press event. A week prior, Conor McGregor let it be known that after he defeated Jose Aldo at UFC 194, he intended to move up to lightweight and become a two-division champion. Oh, that wacky Conor. When current 155 title holder Rafael Dos Anjos was asked about a potential McGregor matchup, Conor laid some of his most famous lines on the Brazilian. I can make you Don't rich. You, I change your bum life. You fight me, it's a celebration. It's red panty night when you sign to fight me, eh? Back your back at home with your wife. And so, of course, there was going to be a fight should they both win, and as luck would have it, they did. A month after capturing the featherweight title, it was announced that the Notorious would be fighting RDA at what would eventually be UFC 196. Conor Mania was running wild. It was damn near the peak of his popularity, and so while Dos Anjos wasn't traditionally a draw, the idea of McGregor securing a second title was more than enough. The presser they held to announce tickets on sale for the event saw millions of viewers as Conor built massive hype for the bout in his El Chapo shirt. Unfortunately, 10 days before the fight, RDA was forced out of the bow due to a broken foot. You might say his foot was a balloon even. Connor would of course go on to famously lose to Nate Diaz in a replacement bout at welterweight, before eventually taking the lightweight strap from future champion Eddie Alvarez. The chances of these two ever meeting at this point are probably slim to none. Number 1. Tony Ferguson vs. Habib Nurmagomedov Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby! Don't you put that on us! It's the most cursed fight in the history of cursed fights. Five times, count it Booker T, five times, a fight between Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson was scheduled to take place. Even more devastating is that each time the fight was rebooked, the importance of the bout had increased. The two were initially paired for the Tough 22 finale. Both were on six-fight UFC win streaks. Habib was forced out with a rib injury. Tony went on to impressively defeat Edson Barbosa. They were then scheduled to headline UFC on Fox 19 in a title eliminator. But less than two weeks prior, flew was found in Ferguson's lungs. Nurmagomedov would instead squash Daryl Horcher. The third attempted encounter was to be for the interim lightweight title at UFC 209. But during his weight cut, Habib would be hospitalized, and as a result, both fighters would be forced off the card. Smash cut to UFC 223, now the vacant title is on the line. April Fools, but it's not a joke. Ferguson trips over a cable while at a media event and shreds his knee. Are, are you fucking kidding me? Habib defeats Ally Aquinta and becomes champion. And finally, we have UFC 249. Nurmagomedov is being labeled as a pound-for-pound pound great. Tony had won 12 straight. There was no question, these were the two greatest lightweights in the world. Due to travel restrictions caused by COVID, though, Habib would be unable to leave Dagestan, and a month before the fight, he was replaced by Justin Gaethje, who TKO'd Ferguson in the fifth round. With the Eagle now officially retired, there's no chance we'll ever see this fight, and the circumstances have changed so much, it wouldn't be the same anyway. It will forever be the ultimate fight that got away. I just want to give a gigantic shout out to Origin and Jocko for sponsoring this video. They are always our go-to for clean energy here at MMA On Point, and I'm super excited to share their subscription offering for all Jocko Fuel supplements. If you're a diehard for their all-natural, sugar-free, keto-friendly energy drinks with no artificial colors, sweeteners, or flavors like I am, shout out to the new Afterburner Orange, you can now order these beauties by subscribing. That means by using the the exclusive code MMAONPOINT20 at originmain.com slash jocko-fuel, you not only get 20% off your subscription, but you also get free lifetime shipping if you're a U.S. resident. Once you're subscribed, there's no need to reorder. You're good to go on living your best life without a hassle. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. 
Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.